Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 116 of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. We are your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton, and today we want to begin to answer the question, how should we study the Bible? That's right. You know, last week we talked about the why, why we should study the Bible, and this week we want to talk about the how. Well, would you say there's a right way to study the Bible? Well, we will probably all agree that studying the Bible is critical, sure, but but we may not agree on the best method for studying the Bible, don't you think? Right. Mm-hmm. I think we can agree, however, that when we read the Bible, we are hearing the voice of God, right? Absolutely. So, how should we read a book that carries the same weight as the audible voice of God coming down from heaven? Obviously, we should read the Bible carefully paying close attention to what exactly God is saying to us. And maybe we will have much more to say about this concept in our next podcast. For now, let's just begin by simply saying that when God speaks to us, we should be quick to listen, eager to absorb everything he tells us. Mm, I agree. And one thing I want to add about studying the Bible is something I don't think I really heard much about when I was growing up, or maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I don't think it was much emphasized in the heritage in which I grew up, and that is we should read the Bible prayerfully. Mm, Okay, well, I like that. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, we often talk about praying and reading the Bible, and most of us have a daily devotional time when we read God's Word and we pray. But what I'm talking about is praying while reading the Bible. Don't you think it is true that prayer is an important part of understanding Scripture? Well, I do. I sure do. You know, I think some of us may believe that if we examine the biblical text closely enough, if we consult enough commentaries, if we are able to diagram every passage perfectly, then we can arrive at the true meaning of any biblical text. Now, I'm not knocking any of those practices, of course. I think they have value. But where is our dependence on God in any of those practices? It seems to me that we often foster a mentality of complete self-reliance when we talk about understanding the Scriptures. I think that's an excellent point. And I'm thinking about one of the prayers of Paul. Remember when he prayed in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19, when he said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the work of his great power? Isn't that just a gorgeous prayer? Yes, it is. No one prays like the Apostle Paul could pray, I don't think. And that's a request that he had in that prayer for understanding, where he asked, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. Isn't Paul praying that his readers will be granted the ability to see? And so, I mean, shouldn't we be praying for God to help us understand his will, for God to open our eyes to his truth, for the ability to see and understand his worth? I mean, commentaries are good, but there's no amount of commentaries that are going to fully give me that ability without God's help. I think that's a good point. And, you know, 
I'm thinking of another passage, and and I'm not really sure I'm using this passage correctly. Uh oh. How's that for a confession? But but think about this with me. I'm thinking about what Paul wrote in First Corinthians chapter two, where he says that no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And then he writes that we, and just here I wonder if he's referring to Christians in general or if he's referring only to the apostles. Anyway, he says we 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 have received the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Then he goes on to say that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Well, it seems to me that Paul is saying here that we need God's help to understand his mind. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we can't fully understand the mind of God. We can only understand what he has revealed about himself and his mind. But consider this with me. Isn't this why prayer is essential to Bible study? It's not a symbolic gesture. It's not a formality. It's foundational to understanding the mind of God. So if the Bible is God's word, and we believe it is, of course, then understanding the Bible means understanding the mind of God. And Paul seems to say that the only way we can understand the mind of God is through the Spirit of God. Right. And I think what you're bringing up deserves a lot more thought and, of course, prayer. But I see what you're saying. If our Bible study is not saturated in prayer, then we are not studying the Bible the way God intends for us to, because the scriptures are just full of wisdom of God, and to some extent, at least, we're dependent on God's Spirit to help us understand that wisdom. So, here is our first point. We should study the Bible prayerfully, asking God to guide our study and to help us understand His Word, to help us remove the baggage that we sometimes bring to the Word of God, baggage and perspectives that keep us from understanding what He wants us to know about Himself. Good. Yeah, I agree. I I like that. Why don't we talk about a second way to study the Bible? We've said that uh, we should study it prayerfully. Uh, Let's say that we should also study it obediently. You know, perhaps the strongest reason for saturating our prayer study in prayer is that we desperately need the Spirit of God to help us align our lives with the truths that we are studying. Mm -hmm. I think you raise a really good point. You're welcome. You're welcome. We all know people who are passionate about the truth, but they don't seem to understand the concepts of practicing what they preach. And I don't mean to sound judgmental. But that's what we would call a hypocrite, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who doesn't practice what they preach. I believe we all need the Spirit's help to keep us from becoming hypocrites. I do. People who read and know the Word, but they just don't practice it. They don't do it. Well, what is the value of truth if it doesn't change us? Right, right. I mean, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. And honey, I meant to bring my Bible down from upstairs, and I don't, I don't have it with me. You folks that are listening in, we have this little recording studio in our basement, and my Bible is up on uh, the second floor, and I forgot to bring it down. Yeah, and if you went up there and got it, you wouldn't be able to breathe for ten minutes. <laughs> That's true. Fourteen flights. That's true. Years, so. <laughs> and I don't want you to pull it up on your phone. That's not a real Bible, in my oh, opinion. Stop it! It is too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Just summarize it, Bible. Brett. Paul said this in First Corinthians thirteen, and our listeners will know what I'm talking about. He right. said, "He said if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, 
but don't have love, I'm just making a loud noise like a clanging cymbal. Mm -hmm. That's not bad, is it? That's pretty good. That's not bad. The Spirit of God helped me to bring that to my mind, I'm sure. Anyway, you know, what he's saying there in that chapter is that if you could amaze people with your ability to speak, if you understood everything and had more faith than anyone on earth, but you didn't love your neighbor as yourself, then what would be the point? I think this is why prayer is so critical. We need God's help to make us loving, to make our knowledge translate into loving action. Don't you think that it is true of many of us that when we study the Word, it's like gaining knowledge Mm -hmm. is the sum total of our mission on earth? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's some folks around that think that's why you study the Word, is to get it all built up in your head. But listen to Paul again. Uh, He's talking that, you know, knowledge can be completely worthless and even harmful. In 1 Corinthians 8, 1, he says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Mm -hmm. There is value in knowledge, but only if it leads to action, right? Right, right, yes. Well, maybe we have forgotten that knowledge is a means to a greater end. Mm -hmm. Knowledge enables us to love God and love our neighbors more fully. And if we are not putting what we know to work in our lives, then our knowledge, as you said, will simply make us more arrogant. It'll just puff us up. Mm -hmm. There is a frightening irony here, don't you think? One's knowledge of the Bible could actually lead a person further away from the Lord. I almost even hate to say that because it's a startling but very true point. And, And let's add here, too, that the problem isn't solved by studying the Bible less. That is not what we're saying. We should be learning everything we can about God's Word, but then we should be immediately applying it. We must not overlook that point. If you find yourself studying the Bible without applying what you're learning, then I think we can say you're misusing Scripture, Mm -hmm. and that's really a serious thing. Sure it is. And think about what James said in James chapter 1. You know, when he talked about not being hearers of the Word only, but being doers of the Word, and then he compares looking into a mirror and seeing that you need to wash a blemish off your face or a piece of dirt or something, but instead you just walk away from the mirror and don't make any changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, how easy it is for us to deceive ourselves into thinking that merely hearing the word has value. No, James says the blessing comes in the doing of the word, not simply the hearing of the word. So uh, to summarize, We should put our knowledge of God's Word into practice, and that should be our intent when we read it. And and we should study the Bible, as I said, with that intent of obeying it and applying it to our lives. Absolutely, because I think the best kind of Bible study, as going back full circle, is the kind of study that leads to transformation. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not going to happen all at once, as we wish it would, but we should be noticeably different people because of our time with Scripture. Right. And that takes us back to our last podcast, doesn't it? Why do we study the Bible? Do we study the Bible because we want to be changed, or do we study to gain knowledge, which can result in arrogance. What is our motivation? What is our motivation? Boy, I'm really glad we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I think we always want to be people of the book, don't we? But that can go south easily. It can. Um, we want to be people who know the Word and who are guided by it. So I think it's a good refresher for me to think about why we study the Bible 
and how we should study it. Well, you are welcome. So so let's come back to this next week, okay? Let's do it. Let's discuss in greater detail how we should be studying the Bible. Good idea. Sounds good. Well, we'll close for now, uh, friends. Hopefully, we're going to leave our listeners hungry for more, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, this is the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we try to answer your questions and provide the supports you need and deserve. God bless you all in your service to the Lord. 